And so we did get to the hospital. We had pulled right into the ambulance bay and like, you know, my mom had to run into the ER and say like, there's a woman having a baby. And they were like, yeah, bring her in. <laughs> she's like, no, you don't get it. Like she's physically in the car, like having the baby. Welcome back to another episode of Moms on the Mic with Mariah. Today is Megan's episode where she discusses a lot of her self-growth as a mother and the transition to motherhood and how that has impacted her. I really loved the way that she put it because she talks a lot about it kind of being the death of her and the rebirth of her as a new person, as a mother. And I found that to be very spot on with kind of how I felt and how one of my providers had explained it to me of what it would be like being a mother and kind of your identity shift and what that meant for her. And so if you're someone listening who really maybe has had trouble navigating this, becoming a new mother, or even if you've been a mother for a while um, or thinking about becoming a mother, I think this episode would be perfect to listen to. And so I hope you guys really enjoy it. I took a lot away from it and I think it's important for women to have these conversations because I think we all have similar thoughts or many of us have similar thoughts and her being able on this platform to discuss it, I think normalizes these thoughts that we have, things we miss or don't miss or things we've accepted or learned to grow into. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. Here's Megan. So Megan, thanks so much for coming on. I am super excited to dive a little bit um, into your life. Um, So thank you for coming on Moms on the Mic with Mariah. Yeah, thanks for having me. So why don't you introduce yourself, like tell us a little bit about yourself, your spouse, um, how old you are and how many kids you have. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Megan France, and I'm uh, how old am I? I'm 31, and uh, I have two little girls, uh, Kelly, who's two and a half, and then Chloe, who's almost a year. She turns a year on June 16th. Uh, and then I married my my husband, Christian. He's uh he's a bit older than me. He's like nine years older than me. And yeah, we live in we live in Oxnard in SoCal. And um, and then for work, I mean, I always I I, I really like I, I associate my identity with my work, so I always feel the need to to bring it up. But um, we run an uh, an e-commerce automotive and power sports parts business. So I'm CEO of that. Good for you. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the gist of it. That's really cool. So your husband's nine years um, apart from you, so is mine. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. um, did he want kids right away? Like, um, was he more focused on his business at first? Or like, how did you guys kind of decide you wanted to have children? Oh, God. Well, no, he did not want children. He did not want to get married. No, I, I always like to say I tricked, I tricked him. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean it was it was tough because I was I was his girlfriend for too long and I was running his company already and then he knew that I wanted kids though like that was just it was like part of the deal and so you know we we got married and then I was I was I you know was like okay it's time to have babies but it's funny because he is like obsessed with our children he thinks it's the best decision we have ever made and he wants more babies he wants lots of babies (laughs) so it worked it worked out well how many kids did you want like going into the relationship and how did you navigate that knowing that he didn't want kids initially oh 
I mean, I think I just like, I don't know. I, I mean, it was a little bit of a gamble. I wanted two to three and he just, yeah. I mean, for him, you know, he sees it as a huge responsibility, which obviously it is. And, you know, and, and in a way, I feel like he was maybe more prepared than me because I was, I, you know, I didn't, I knew it was a big responsibility, but it, it doesn't like click until you have them and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> but he wants a big family. I think he wants four. Wow. He's changed. That's a lot of kids because four is a lot. Yeah. I, I think I need, a, I need, I need like a year of sleep. Like I need a year of good sleep and then maybe, maybe I'll consider having more. How were your pregnancies with the kids? Was it pretty easy for you or were they a harder pregnancy? They were decent. Like, so Kelly was pretty easy. I mean, you know, comparatively to other pregnancies. I mean, pregnancy is never, never really easy. I worked like right until up to two days before, which I regret doing because I think that I was focusing much more on the physical preparations for having kids. I mean, you're so inundated with like, buy this, do that, baby showers, you know, and I didn't prepare enough mentally. And then my second one, uh, what also went, I was just like way more nauseous. You know, we had kind of a, our, our honeymoon sort of during that one, you know, I mean, cause COVID delayed it and all that, but yeah, it was just more nauseous, but but over it was good. I mean, I had, I really wanted to do the the midwife, you know, thing, but I didn't get to because I had low platelets, and so I had to go the OB route. But I found one that uh, was known for honoring the choice to do like a natural birth, and then I had a doula who was so instrumental in the whole process. So so yeah, I think they were they were. They were decent. Yeah. So your birth, um, it's my understanding you had a kid in a car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. So like, what uh, happened? <laughs> Dude, like she just fell out. I don't even know. Like Kelly, my first was pretty fast. I mean, it was, t- it was about two hours after he broke my water, but Chloe, I was at, I was like at home. My doula had left to go to Target for a second. My doctor had just called and was like, how are you doing? You know, no matter what, even if you don't go into labor and really start getting contractions, just meet me at the hospital at seven. And I was like, you know what? I think this time it's, it's going to happen. Like for sure, I'll be at the hospital at seven. Like, I think I'm almost there. And then like an hour later, I, I think it was like, five o'clock and I just it it was kind of like I, I could I can feel my contractions getting closer and closer together and within 15 minutes I like couldn't talk and then I just felt this like pop and we're still in my living room so I then I just feel this pop and I'm like oh shit that's my water and so that comes out and then you know I look at my my doula just kind of looks at me and she's like Megan we have to get you in the car and I look at her, I'm like, dude, I can barely fucking walk. Like, and she's like, do you, we need to have this baby in a hospital. And I was like, my eyes just got big. And I was like, oh shit. So I think my contractions were like a couple minutes apart then. So I like, you know, hobbled to the bathroom. She like threw a diaper on me. And then she, you know, we get, we go to the car and she had to drive behind us. So it was me and my mom and Christian and um, 
right as she's about to close the door to get me in the car, she looks at me and she's like, if you feel the need to push birthday candles. So it was like that reminder to like blow air out like lightly so that you're not like pushing too hard. And so, you know, I I was instructed by her to sit on the back seat and like, you know, on my knees and face the back of the car. And Christian was like, we're not going to buckle her up. She's like, no, she's going to have a baby. And um, I mean, you know, when you're on your knees in the car, you don't have like a good anchor point. Like with every turn, you're kind of swaying to the left and to the right and your contractions are huge and I'm screaming and I'm cussing and I'm like telling him to drive faster, but he's trying to be careful and the hospital's 15 minutes away. And so I just got this like instinctual urge to get down onto like the floor of the car because I'm like lower, right? So I can anchor myself and I'm not like swaying too much. And so we did get to the hospital. We had pulled right into the ambulance bay and like, you know, my mom had to run into the ER and say like, there's a woman having a baby. And they were like, yeah, bring her in. (laughs) She's like, no, you don't get it. Like she's physically in the car, like having the baby. And so kind of like before the doctor could really get to me, I just had two big contractions and I like fell down and she was crowning. And then the next one, she just like fell out. And my doula is like a fucking badass. So she like managed to not only catch the baby, um, the ER doc just looked at her and she looked at him. She was like, it's coming out. Like, do you want to catch it? And he was like, no, you go ahead. (laughs) So she got it. But like right before that, she managed to take her phone and put it in the like back pocket of the seat. So she fucking recorded everything. (laughs) Whoa, that's so cool, though, to have the memory. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just like my giant ass and like a baby coming out. But it's, it's, (laughs) it's like really, it's pretty cool. And then I had to climb over the um, umbilical cord to like get out of the car um, and then they like threw me on a stretcher and took me into the ER and everyone was like clapping and stuff. This is super funny. It's funny, but it's not because it's like serious, you know, <laughs> they're clapping. I was just, yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? And like, the, you know, the anticipation of nine months and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to have my bouncy ball. And, and then you get to the hospital and it's like already done. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> can I leave now? You know? Wow. So (laughs) I don't even know how we top that. But um, so like what happened after kids for you? Like what was it like having these children? So now you have two kids, one you had in a car, (laughs) you come home with the kids. So like, what was it like for you, like having children? Yeah, I mean, the first one was definitely a shock for me and and the beginning was was difficult so for one I remember being in the hospital room and like I didn't fall in love with her right away I mean I, I I I loved her but like I was so exhausted and you know mainly sleep deprived because I had her just after midnight and then you know she has to feed like every five minutes it felt like and the people at the hospital like they kept coming into the room I'm like can't you guys like consolidate your rounds so that I can get some fucking shut eye you know every time I fall asleep like another person's coming in it's so true they're like I need to bathe the baby I need to feed the baby I need to check you it's like get the fuck out of my room please I'm trying to sleep I know I know and yeah so it took me it took me a second and I just 
I remember when she came out, I was like, holy fuck, like, those are my words. Um, And then I had a, what's called, like, DEMER, D-M-E-R. So basically, every time, and this happens with both pregnancies and will continue to happen, but every time I have a letdown, I get this insane anxiety. Like, it's, it's not emotional. It's, like, totally physiological. So apparently... The explanation is that your your dopamine levels drop and they drop like too low and so it's this like chest crushing like almost nauseating anxiety and I can I know about 30 seconds before my milk is going to drop because I get this insane anxiety but of course as a new mom and you have no idea what this is you think oh this is what having a baby is like it's insane anxiety it's lots of feeding and, um, and then like, you know, I got diagnosed by the lactation consultant and they explained it to me and it was a little bit better, but pumping, I mean, just horrible. Like you're just sitting on the couch, like in excruciating anxiety, uh, you know, so I, I started formula feeding at three months and I think that was when the fog like lifted and I, and I could gain normalcy again. Yeah. Those, um, those demers, yeah, I think that's what it's called. I actually was told that I had that before I got my diagnosis and I, my eventual diagnosis, but I do know what that feels like because every time my milk would come down, I didn't feel good either. Like, I totally get that. And yeah. so you stop breastfeeding. Did you stop, did you just not breastfeed the second child because of that? Or what did you decide to do with the second kid? Well, I, I think that like, it sucks because when I asked them, okay, what can we do about this? And they basically said nothing, but they said that the main thing that helps is just the awareness of it. Like knowing that it's just, it's like fake anxiety basically. Mm -hmm. So with Chloe, I really wanted to try again and I just went into it more aware. You know, I expected it. I wasn't confused. And I do think it was like slightly better. So I did make it to six months with Chloe. um, But you know, I was pretty, I was, that was pretty proud of myself for that. But same, kind of same thing. As soon as you can formula feed, things just get like way easier because other people can feed them and, you know. What was it like with the emotional labor of like a child and taking that on with your first child versus your second and just in general? Like, how would you describe that? I think with like your first child, you are simultaneously going through the difficulties of postpartum which is you know the crazy hormones the accepting your new body and like getting to know what that's like and so you're just like I was just so I didn't have a lot of clarity on anything I didn't know if my body was ever going to come back I didn't know what the next few months was going to be like like I had no idea what what to expect I didn't know how long it would take for me to feel like a normal person again and at the same time you know I'm sort of grieving the 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 loss of the person I was before and I I didn't really know when I was going to get that back because like your old life is in some ways like totally over right um it doesn't mean that you'll never be able to get it back or like you know on here and there you can like experience that again but you know having children is permanent so that to me was the biggest shift and on like a more superficial note (laughs) the the thing that stuck out to me the most was that like 
I couldn't get anything done anymore. Like I'm a highly productive person. And I was like, Jesus, like this kid needs me constantly. Like I, I had to shift from when, when I'm taking care of her, I can't do anything else. You know, like I can clean my house, but like, that's, that's about it. I can't work and I have to start working when she's sleeping. But of course during naps, you're tired. So that was a huge shift for me. Um, and just sort of giving, giving that up and, and yeah. Yeah. I think you make a really good point because my psychiatrist said to me, well, before I gave birth, you know, I'm just making you aware that you die and you wake up as a new person, as a mother after the baby's born, but your husband will really be the same. Yes, he'll be affected in a lot of ways, but like you're going to be a lot differently or you're going to act a lot differently, excuse me. And so like that sticks out to me that like you say you're kind of like toast, right? And then you wake up as a new person. But how have you learned to navigate that? Because I guess I'm in that journey right now of finding balance. Like, how have you really found balance for yourself as a mother? Becoming a mother is is so wonderful in so many ways. I mean, we can talk about all the negatives, and there certainly are negatives. But but it's wonderful because it does really push you to grow. Because, I mean, for me, I just kind of would think about the problem and really, you know, instead of resisting it, I would think about like, what, what is bothering me right now? And like, what are, what are solutions for it? And you just make small solutions to things and you really become in tune with, you know, whatever, whatever you're feeling. Um, So it's kind of like baby steps, I guess. Um, thinking about like why you're unhappy and like what you can do. Uh, and it requires a little bit more discipline for sure, because your time is, you have less time, right? For me, prioritizing sleep was a huge shift. Um, because if I didn't have the energy during the day, not only could I not be as good of a mom as I wanted to be, I definitely wouldn't have energy to do any kind of thing other than being a mom and then like also just acknowledging like where I need help so and then there's like also just just a sense of acceptance like you know what like this is my new life and that's okay and there will be times in the future where I can do the things that I want to do but right now that's that's just not the season that I'm in and that's fine and I think like with my second, I realized how, how, how much I missed having a baby and I was less focused on what was to come and more focused with like the phase that I was currently in. So that, that helped the second time around. Yeah. I mean, I think you make some really good points about small changes because I think it is just like small little things slowly turning into a a day where you wake up and say, God, I'm doing like a lot better. Like I'm finding that balance because I think I've definitely I'm definitely getting there how have you found time for your marriage like what does that look like for you now you know I mean it's mainly just after the kids go down we don't really have we we spend time together then and you know we you know he used to work really late and and so did I and I don't know I guess I guess that's when we spend time together and planning you know, I guess dates here and there, but it's different. We, 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 we focus a lot on like family time. So 
um, you know, as, as like the kids get older, you can do more activities that involve them. So we make sure on the weekends to like do family time. But yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes like for a long time, a date between him and I was like literally just ordering like steak from DoorDash and like eating it at home and like watching, finding a good show that we can watch together. But yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we used to go out to the bars, like we don't, we couldn't do that anymore. So it was just like nice when both babies were down or even when, yeah, when one baby was down, we're like, woohoo. Cause I mean, one, one quote that like really resonates with me is that being a parent is living your entire adult life after the kids go to bed, which is true. It's like after they're down, you're like, woohoo. <laughs> yeah. You can think breathe. Yeah, it's, um, I guess it's just about finding balance, you know, and everybody has to find that like in one way or another, you know, to manage it as a mother. But how have you felt like you've grown as a person? Like, what are some really positive things that have happened since you've become a mother? I feel like since having kids, I've had to reparent myself a little bit. So I'm reflecting back on my childhood in a way that I never had done before. And it has helped me realize, I mean, I'm like still heavily in process of this right now. So it's not like I've done all this work and it's done. I mean, I'm, I'm like in the thick of it still, but I just like thought about the things about my childhood that were kind of fucked up and like how that affects who I am now and really thinking about my personality flaws and like how to fix them and you know, it, it's crazy how much everything just goes back to childhood. And when you have kids, you're like, holy shit, like I can totally fuck my kid up. And I really don't want to do that. And like, you know, how do how do we prevent that? And it starts with looking at yourself and, and seeing how you as a person can improve. And then, you know, hopefully that will you know, hopefully your kids can learn from that. How have you, like, I guess, when did you notice, like, that you needed to start doing that? Is that, you know, you said you're in progress right now. Like, what age did you feel like that kicked in um, with your daughter, Kelly, I'm assuming, that you said, okay, well, like, now it's kicking in where I really need to look at, like, myself, my behavior, and how not to fuck up my kid. I mean, I, I think the same exact way you do. Like, I don't want my kid to be in 20 years of counseling, um so like what am I gonna do to you know how's my behavior gonna affect them so what did that when what age did that kick in I mean it started slightly during pregnancy but I would I wouldn't say like for example if my husband and I had a fight or something I would I would wonder you know if the baby could sense it and then sort of the same thing when they're an infant but ultimately they probably don't understand what's going on um but then when they become a when they become a toddler for one they get way more difficult right so they really really test your patience and that's when things come up right so like how are you responding to them how are you teaching them about their emotions and like you know are you able to keep your cool um, obviously I'm hinting that like, no, like sometimes I cannot keep my cool and I yell at them and you know, it's, it's, it's like just, it's, there's so much learning involved, um, research, you know, and every stage is different. So 
But yeah, I would say I would say toddlerhood is when that like really became evident for me because they have language too, so you can like explain things to them and they understand. So that's like when the lessons come. Yeah, it's really really interesting that you bring that up because that is something you know I have definitely thought about as a mother is like the impact of these kids. I mean, they're basically like a piece of Play-Doh. Like you're molding them in a lot of ways. Like your behavior is going to impact them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. I I keep like, I always think about how, you know, trauma in that, in that sense, like, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about like really serious trauma, but I feel like any type of situation where you're like your emotions are really dysregulated for like a long period of time can be considered trauma and like you know how that stuff is so intergenerational like one bad childhood leads into a next leads into a next leads into a next into the next and like our generation I mean our generation certainly has so much more knowledge about parenting I think but I might, I might just be assuming that, but you know, with, it's the information age, right? So we've got, it's a lot easier to get access to, you know, research and professional opinions and things like that. So easily accessible. So I really hope that some of that intergenerational trauma can be, can be broken, but it's of course dependent on so many things, you know, like education level and, how cushy your life is. I mean, you know, so I, I worry so much about children. Like I, it, it's, it's just crazy how everything in life just boils down to like your childhood, you know? Yeah. It's very important. Um, as a mom, what do you miss the most about your life before kids? Like I, I lo- I love my freedom, I guess, you know, if, if I were to summarize it, but I also like, I can't, you know, like I really liked going out. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> like I went to UCSB. I was I I was kind of like a a studious party girl. So I mean, I like to get down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get to do it that much anymore. I like like going out to eat and not like needing to worry about your child like spilling things everywhere. <laughs> And what do you love the most about being a mother? The cuddles. <laughs> yeah, they're sweet. They're, yeah, like when they're sleeping and they just look like little angels. And I mean, I know that's early childhood, but that's that's what I like about it now. And just like the the connection and and like when they when when they when they are behaving and when things aren't stressful, like it's just so fun taking Kelly to even like target you know and she's just it's like you have a little buddy yeah it's been interesting talking to you because I think um you know you have a really great self-awareness I would say about yourself and I think in an ability to like understand both your strong suits and your you know struggles um like as a mother and I think you've put things very just really well you you've placed things like the right wording in the right way is to help Others, I think, listening, understand, and myself, like, to be able to connect um, to you. What well wish would you send to a mother and just around, like, self-growth, self-awareness, raising their children? 
What message would you send to them as we finish up? You know, I would say that just just to, I don't know, I, I would say that, you know, whatever you're going through, that things do get easier and that, you know, you just have to take the path of like least resistance and ask yourself questions about why you're feeling what you're feeling. You know, the, the best way to be a good mother and to also enjoy being a mother is to is to like improve as a human, I guess. So just the the more you ignore things and the more you like push them away, the worse it's going to get. And so, you know, having having like giving yourself grace too and just like forgiving yourself for the things that you're not able to do well, I think helps a lot. Just like taking care of yourself in general. And um and also like I I I I wanted to bring this up, but I didn't I don't know why I just I kind of forgot. But <laughs> one thing becoming a mother I've really noticed is uh that the patriarchy is alive and well. <sighs> you know, trying to trying to fight that in the best way that you can, setting boundaries, you know, being a little bit more assertive um about that stuff and you know kind of I wouldn't say like accepting it but like being aware that like that that's the world that we live in and that finding finding support like from other women you know even in this format right is is gonna is gonna help with that yeah you know that's a very good ending point because the patriarchy is alive and I think when you're as soon as you have that baby at least for me and I don't know if you agree with this I'll make the statement like I felt the immediate shift where I think I was like a little bit more control of my life and I was making these decisions and I was on the top of my career and these things were going well. And then I thought, wow, the perception of me has completely changed. Like now I'm this mom, he's the man, I can't do these things. Like people are constantly making comments to me to suppress me. Like I didn't have a lot of support. I felt like it was just completely different. So I'm, I am glad this podcast exists, right? And there's other platforms for us to find a connection, right? But how would you say that's shown up for you as we finish up? Like, where has that patriarchy shown for yourself? You know, I don't, I, I think that the biggest thing is just that men just don't, not, okay, not all men. They don't, don't get it. You know, they don't get it. You, know. you can say it. I'll say it. Okay. They don't get they, it. They just don't fucking get it, you know, because they, 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 they just, it's just so subconscious ingrained in them they're 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 entitled they are they are but they're unaware of it like they don't they just like they just I don't know like it just I think it starts from a young age and from like you know maybe when their mom didn't make them clean the house or treat them equally and so they they just expect things and are okay with things and they don't even realize how unfair it is Um, so it's, it's, it's an opportunity for education (laughs) and, um, you know, we love them, but, but they, you know, the, I want, I want, I want my, my kids to see that it's a, it's a problem, you know, and, uh, hopefully when I have a son one day, I can raise him to be less like that. Well, I have one and he's going to get touched. (laughs) a lot about it so yeah I mean I'm in full support of that and I think it is being cognizant of it understanding it's there 
working around it, educating, speaking up, being assertive, you're clearly acknowledging that it exists, I think is the biggest thing and making it obvious to others that it does exist. And I think speaking up. So I think that's all we can do and raise the next generation to be even more self-aware of it. Yeah. And just like being a badass bitch and like being proud of it, you know, and not being afraid to, to like voice that and not being like just communicating your accomplishments and communicating like how good you are at at what you do, like as a mom or in the workplace or whatever. Yeah. I, um, I think that's, those are really valid points and, you know, I just want to say I appreciate you for coming on because I think that there's a lot that you've highlighted today, you know, in our conversation that will be helpful not only to others, but it's also been helpful for me. And so thank you. I appreciate it. I know you're busy because you have two little kids. Um, so we'll let yeah. you get on with your evening. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It was great talking to you. It's always nice, like, getting it out, too, so... Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Moms on the Mic with Mariah. We will see you all back here again next Monday. Go ahead and follow us on Spotify, Apple, and any major podcast platforms. On Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. Follow us on IG, YouTube, and TikTok at Moms on the Mic with Mariah. And let me know what issues you guys would like to hear on the podcast and any feedback. And also, if you'd like to come on and tell your story, go ahead and throw me a DM. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys next Monday. Another story from another lovely person. See ya.